it's extremely hard to have smaller communities survive there. Everybody feels like a status monkey where they gain a lot of utility from just being like looking at really good content or just showing off good content that they create. But there's only somebody winning in that system means somebody has to be losing. So that's like a, a tricky balance. What's up, Crypto Farm? Welcome to Cointelegraph's Hashing It Out. I'm your host, Elisha, and you can find me on Twitter at GHCryptoGuy. On this show, we will talk about crypto and everything Web3 with upcoming talent and leaders in the space. We will be taking you on a ride around the crypto block, answering questions and highlighting the next big innovations in the space. Before we dive in, remember to follow us on whatever platform you're tuning in from so you don't miss another episode. And if you want more crypto news as it happens, check out Cointelegraph.com. It's time to hash it out. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Hashing It Out. And today, we're talking about decentralized social media, one of the biggest narratives in these last few months. I nearly said the entire bear run, but the bear run has lasted for so long that I don't even know if something has been a narrative that has lasted that long. But decentralized social media is at the lips of everyone because of projects like CyberConnect and Friends.Tech. And in today's episode, I'm speaking to co-founder from CyberConnect, Ryan Lee. We'll be discussing decentralized social media and the various things that have come up since that became an important narrative in the Web3 space. Hello, Ryan, and welcome. Hey, Alicia. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on too. So first question, it's probably the most boring question I ask everyone. Who's Ryan Lee? How did you get into Web3? How did you end up at CyberConnect? Well, it's been a long story since I started in Web3. I dabbled in crypto 2014 and then I joined full-time building in Web3 2017. It wasn't called Web3 back then. It was more like blockchain. So my first adventure full-time in Web3 was on the content economy. So helping creators monetize better. Did a pretty good job, I think. Eventually that company got acquired. By doing the monetization, by helping those creators, we ended up actually helping more than a couple hundred thousand streamers monetize over tens of millions of dollars. And we realized one of the biggest challenges that they have is not being able to own their content, own their fan base, own their monetization channel. When I say own, it's just like becoming more independent of the platform. Most of the creators are just renting a place on a centralized platform like YouTube or Twitch and are subject to pretty arbitrary take rates. So they either receive 30 up to 50% of the revenue generated for on that platform. So anyway, out, like coming out of that company, we gathered again to build something that's, that we think is more helpful to the entire ecosystem that is having this social network protocol that any user can own their identity, their content, their monetization, and just give the opportunity to developers to build more apps on top. Yeah, that's how CyberConnect started in 2021. Sounds interesting. Talking about DLive, I used DLive at a point. Oh, you did? It, you didn't even mention Yeah. Oh. Sure. Yeah. So I did check your profile out before the interview and I was like, oh, I know that project. So I probably know this guy from somewhere. Um, <laughs> wow. Thanks for support. It's good to see that you are still building in the crypto space and you are still focused on the same area or path, which is creators and just ensuring that people are getting alternatives to the existing social media platforms that we have. 
Tell us about CyberConnect. What is CyberConnect? We have a lot of projects in the decentralized social media space, and it's very easy for you to just say CyberConnect is a decentralized social media, but what does that mean and what does CyberConnect really do? Yes. So when we think about social media, there are a couple aspects to it, right? There is the user profile. There's always like some kind of sign. The users will have their identity with that platform. And then the user has the ability to create content in whatever format. It could be video, text blogs, live stream, or short video, or whatever. And eventually there has to be an audience for those kind of content. And that audience is normally formed through some kind of interest, recommendation. It's very important how they follow each other. And by that viewership, content creators can monetize indirectly, most likely through those platforms. That's how we see like social media in general on Web2. And how we do it here on SiberConnect is really building out the core pieces that fulfill the same functionality for every user interaction, but then in a way that is not controlled by a central server so that there is no trust assumption we have to make on a central server being good. And then any developer can build innovative apps directly on top without censorship, like what we've seen in recent years with either Twitter or Facebook APIs. So the goal for CyberConnect, again, is to have this infrastructure where every user can own their social identity. So how they log into a platform, their names, their metadata, their bio wouldn't always be of their control. No one can take away any ownership of that. They can create content that lives forever on chain that's that could be monetized directly on chain and developers can just directly build on top of this user-owned data network so each application can build on top of the same network or build on each other for faster innovation so that's like the overarching goal and cyber itself right now how we implement it is there is a cyber graph it's a social graph part of it it's a set of smart contract that lives on EVM compatible chains uh, it's a multi-chain protocol, so any developer can build anything on any chain. Users will have a cyber account, and then they will start a journey by creating content and letting other people to mint content. And we have another component that's called Cyber Wallet that focuses a little bit more on the top funnel, so how we want users to onboard to Web3 in a more easy and smooth way. So that's a quick overview. <laughs> Hopefully that's a good start. With the hype around decentralized social media, why are people so excited about decentralized social media? What are the benefits of decentralized social media? That's a great question. So as you can probably tell, we started building decentralized social media like realm since 2017. And we always believe in some of the core functionalities or core add-ons that's only Web3 capable. One is a global money system or a global payment system so that any creators can monetize directly on chain with this internet money that we call crypto. That's also how a lot of the creators were able to get international audience so much easier, get instant payments so much easier. Normally they would have to wait to up to like 30 days or even sometimes 60 days with platforms like Twitch. They'll pretty much be limited to some kind of currency where they started with. So crypto kind of solves that in a more generic way. It doesn't necessarily ties back to like decentralized social media. It's just how the payment could be more global and more transparent and faster. The second is an ownership in that platform gives a lot of the creator the confidence that they wouldn't be 
abandoned when the platform gets bigger or the platform shifts their focus to like more ad revenue or some cater towards some type of advertisers. We've seen this before with, so we worked with PewDiePie before from our previous company. So PewDiePie was obviously one of the biggest YouTuber in the world and he still is, uh, but he still gets some uh, deals canceled because what he must said in one stream or gets his traffic less distributed to his audience because of the, the algorithm doesn't like what he says or whatever. So not having that full control is also a big red flag for creators. And it's extremely hard for them to migrate as well. Like they can't really take their audience, let's say from one platform to another, because the platform is so dominant in that distribution and there is no escape path from the platform. So having that ownership really creates this uh, new primitive uh, that everyone can reliably create content and see that that piece of content will live there forever for any application to build on, for any users to see in the future. And there are a couple others that's like very new to, to Web3. I think definitely the speculative part of it. So with social media, you always have this status. Everybody feels like a status monkey where they gain a lot of utility from just being like looking at really good content or just showing off good content that they create. However, you can add like speculative aspect to that with Web3 or crypto stuff. So there could be a financial utility as well to, yeah, to kind of mess up with how people think about social media in the good or bad ways. And then there's uh, what we do very good at right now with CyberConnect. I think it's really important. It's building like stronger and tighter communities that are, that doesn't necessarily have to be big enough or be extremely monetizable enough in a traditional social media sense. So I used to work at Instagram as well. And we've seen that Instagram became like, seeing the photos of friends or seeing photos of your like interest groups now to a point where it's extremely hard to have smaller communities survive there or small like non-popular tags survive there all becoming like too general if you know what i mean and what we think that with crypto building a stronger bond between those uh, communities is also what's really interesting so yeah all in all these are the benefits i think very specific to the visualized social media one of the most popular decentralized social media apps is Friend.Tech. It took the entire Web3 space by storm with its interesting approach towards creating a social media platform. I understand you have a very spicy take on the platform. Is it the security? What do you think about it? Well, I think it's kind of hard to say it's not, right? Like, because, well, with, in general, I think Friend.Tech is really good at it's really interesting experiment, right? You haven't seen that kind of activity within crypto for a while, given that it's it's a winter, everyone's building infrastructure, most likely something like this is, re- is really interesting to see. However, uh, when you say if it's a security, I would kind of say it, it might be because the price of a key, even though it's trading against a bounding curve, it's not trading with another person, but like the price of the key is really affected by the owner or like the creator that the key originates from, right? Like if you make a tweet on Twitter that says you have rent tag, maybe you will get more key buyers and that will get the keys more expensive. So I don't know. It feels like it's hard. It looks more like a security to me. That's an interesting take. So let's say it's a security. How do you think this is going to impact the adoption of the platform in the long run? Are we going to see regulators like the SEC come after the platform? Would this change a lot in the long run? I don't know enough about regulations. It's just, yeah, I think the dynamic here is uh, more geared towards like 
scalpers and like traders or like just bots trying to make profits right now. That's like entire setup is more geared towards them. Like 5% royalty on every transaction is not as easy to understand or like as favorable to a lot of creators that actually make money on YouTube or on whatever platform, like they have stable income and now you are telling them a 5% transaction fee, which you can't really guarantee of how much transaction volume there is going to be unless you actually promote it, which makes your token a little bit more under like your team or under your influence. So like the whole dynamic, I don't know how exactly it would play out. I think it's a really interesting experiment in terms of security or not. Yeah, don't take my words for it. And also I think the biggest challenge is how do like real world creators look at this? And I've heard from some creators saying that it's just kind of hard to foresee like a sustainable income because at the end of the day, like people are paying to buy keys and then people are, some people are making money out of it. And those money made are the money that's somewhat lost to the original creators if their fans are like buying up the keys in the first place. But there's only somebody winning in that system means somebody has to be losing. Moving away from the regulations and the security talk, let's talk about account abstraction. And that's one of the things that CyberConnect has spoken about as an important tool for building decentralized social media. What is account abstraction and why is it so important to the building of decentralized social media? Yeah, I love to talk more about account abstraction. So account abstraction has been this idea that's been going on for quite a while now. And I think nowadays we just associate account abstraction with the most recent development on the ERC-4237, which is a specific technical route for account abstraction to be more implementable, so more approachable. So a brief overview of what is account abstraction is really the current setup with MetaMask is really you having a private key that controls your bank account, like your wallet. And losing that private key means you are losing your bank account. So that puts a lot of friction and a lot of just mental burden to the users to onboard. They have to find a password manager, a key manager, and then they have to make sure that it's not getting fished easily from like any random website. I mean, we've seen so many attacks and just phishing happening in the past. All of this is really because when Ethereum started, the design was one key, one account. However, when in any traditional web tool, platform. It's always the account and the keys or like the account and the logins are separate, right? You have your bank account that you use your identification to verify that that account is owned by you or you have some password set up or your 2FA set up to access some trading account that you have. And at the same time, you might have some lesser secure accounts where it's like your Metro card, you just buy it as long as you hold onto the physical card, you can access it. So account attraction is really this separating account, separating accounts from a private key or a one single logging method so that uh, it could be a mix and match and a more secure model. Uh, you can play around with a 2FA, you can play around with email login to Ethereum wallet, you can try a passkey, you can try base ID. So it'd be a more dynamic and easier onboarding. And that could also be more secure with a more sophisticated setup. So I think it plays a really important role, especially to us, where social onboarding to a social experience that's not for making money Unlike the DeFi ones, users would not want to care so much about a key. They wouldn't want to go through that much of a hurdle. So they want like the easiest onboarding. So account abstraction to us is really the key to unlock the next billion of users. Talking about accounts and wallets, one of the interesting legacy products of CyberConnect is the CyberConnect wallet. I understand that there are some big changes coming to the CyberConnect wallet. 
to address user experience issues. Can you tell us a bit about that and what we should expect? Yes, thanks for bringing it up. So Cyber Wallet will announce a super app setup that we are going to release uh, end of this month. It's, uh, we don't have a name yet, and I do want to leave this as a surprise to for the actual announcement, but imagine having the capability of managing all the different apps that you love in one place on Cyber Wallet across every chain with like one gas. So you don't have to get Matic, you don't have to get Ethereum, you don't have to get all this different layer two Ethereum, but using one gas to experience everything that you already like. Yeah, most importantly, you don't need to set up a new network in your MetaMask, going through the whatever you are always trying to play around with a new chain. Cyber Wallet will be immediately available to all the EVM compatible chains. And as I said, the gas is abstracted away, so you don't need to acquire a specific gas, but you can just directly interact with those protocols. So I'm super excited about it. Um, we will have an entire campaign around it as well. Both of them are going to be announced by the end of October this year. Any tips on what the campaign is going to be about or we have to wait and find out? <laughs> well, please stay tuned on the details. But yeah, please come check out the wallet page. It's at wallet.cyber.co or just follow us on Twitter to see the latest. Uh, but as I said, users will be able to use Cyber Wallet as their only wallet that is secure and easy to use across all the different apps that's going to be embedded directly into Cyber Wallet. So it's like an app store experience. So Web2 social media platforms have seen a lot of interesting things happening and you could see that Web2 social media has been on fire for lack of a better phrase. And examples of the fire is Elon Musk buying Twitter, which is now X. Meta also responding with threads as an alternative to Twitter. And Meta also shipping various features for its own social media platforms. What do you think about the recent happenings as X and, or Twitter and Facebook or Meta and do you think that changes would likely push more people to decentralized platforms like CyberConnect? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Well, first of all, I think as we talked about before, right, like there are things that Web3 does better. I think as of right now, still those things that Web3 does better will dominate, like the speculative aspect of them, like what you said ago uh, a, a little bit with the other platforms and there are the aspect of like building tighter community and stronger bond helping creator monetize those are what cyberconnect does really well so i still see more people complaining about twitter and meta rather than migrating directly to web3 just because there are so many other things that we need to figure out like with the onboarding the cyber wallet is working on but yes you are right like twitter and meta Obviously, Twitter is going down a path of like trying to monetize more, trying to capture value more so that oh, no other developer can access their APIs now. You have to almost pay anything to become an active user on Twitter for your check marks. Organizations have to even pay a bigger bill for their golden check mark. I think it's all about monetization at this point. And I totally understand the reason behind it, right? You want to make sure that business is sustainable, but... You're right, like the creators are not benefiting from it. And Meta as well, their threads seem to have not taken off that much so far. I think it's going to be a trend that creators and users migrating to Web3 because of a small feature that they just love. And eventually they will figure out that. And also with the more infrastructure that we have, Web3 will have an experience that's on par with Web2 and then they will entirely migrate 
in more mid to long term time frame. But in the short term, a lot of the tech savvy Twitter creator or any social media creator on Web2 are trying out platforms uh, like Cyberpunk. So like they're always trying to create their profile here, trying to build a following. And some of them find a lot of success. So I think there's a lot of talk on people moving away from Web2 to Web3 platforms like CyberConnect. And there are multiple features that we've highlighted. And you just mentioned that people are going to move over for like small features or just one single feature that they like, and they're likely to stay after that. If you were to place a bet on one single feature, would that feature be? And I'm thinking about this out loud because, for example, people may want to come in because of revenue sharing or the fact that they're probably going to make money. But you have people like Twitter saying centralized platforms are probably going to implement this. So we have Twitter equally like implementing its own form of revenue sharing. But then I don't know, maybe for some people, what will appeal to them is the possibility that they are producing contents that would last, I don't use the word forever, but for a very, very long time, considering the fact that it's on the blockchain and it's like up to them to control their information how they want to, as compared to centralized platforms. So what is that one single feature that you think is more likely to bring more people to Web3 social media, even though the others will probably bring people, this particular feature would most likely be responsible for bringing more people than the rest. I don't have like one, I probably have two. So one is really decentralized ownership of the revenue and the platform in general. We've seen that before with uh, my previous company, DLive, that even the biggest YouTuber in the world would like to try a decentralized platform at a much lower commitment. So at the time, PewDiePie had deals that's three or four times more than what we offered as a decentralized platform. He really likes the idea of being part of a platform, like an owner of the platform, rather than just a renter, just a creator. And they were able to really make a much better monetization out of it. So having bringing on creators on the basis of uh, becoming the owner of the platform, as well as a fair and transparent way of, to share revenue is one thing I will always bet on. It's just figuring out the all the different pieces, like monetization goes through a so long, like it goes through a very long funnel in a traditional platform. So it's kind of hard to migrate them all together. And the other one is what we are really, really excited right now is bringing on authentic connections onto Web3. So... On CyberConnect, we built an app that's called Link3. It's at link3.2. It's a Web3 LinkedIn. It's very, it looks stupidly simple so that everyone can just try it out. It looks like exactly like what you would imagine an experience on Web2 look like. However, everything is built on the assumption that you every content here is trusted or every piece of information is trusted. So use, instead of LinkedIn, where you can just claim to be working at 10 different companies at a time, here you would have to go through, the companies will have to first verify themselves through their on-chain existence. And then they can build out the trust by issuing SBTs to the people that actually work there, the contributors that actually helped, the users that were part of the early journey of their company. So that you can always claim to be, oh, I was uh, CyberConnect's very early user since 2020, 2022. You can look at it on-chain powered by CyberConnect protocol. Or you can easily say that, oh, I was a supporter of this creator. I used to collect his content as NFTs back when he was very small. So 
building a tighter community around these primitives of um, stronger ownership of you history with some other people or some organization, as well as like having that verified aspect of it where every every information is authentic. I think that's where at this moment is the major driver for a lot of adoption on CyberConnect. So on Cyber, on, on Link Three, we have about three thousand organizations, including like Arbitrum. Coin Market Cap, Zerion, like a great, a light though, a great selection of um, Web three companies using Link three as their profile and as a way to create content and engage with community in a more authentic and more tight way. So I think uh, we're really strong believer in creating sustainable communities that build on a stronger bond. Let's talk about challenges. What are the challenges Web three social media platforms are facing currently? Yeah, it's the. I think it's just a, a chicken and egg, right? If you have all the audience here already, all of them, everyone would just join. But then, if you don't have something that's like interesting enough, you couldn't find the first batch of users. And if that thing is so financialized, then you could only attract the financial, like the ones who are looking for money, not looking for like sustainable utility. So that's like a, a tricky balance. Also, uh, we talked about this multiple times now. With the onboarding experience is so challenging. Our wallet is really trying to fix the onboarding experience, and our main bet is really on building tighter communities based on not just pure financialization. Yeah, that's it. So finding the right audience and trying to onboard them as easy as possible are, I think, the biggest、uh, challenges right now. Final question. One of the things I have seen is an approach towards developing markets, since those markets have a lot of people who are looking to make money from social media or produce content and just like expand their platform, or should I say, their fan base. What are your plans for developing markets such as the African market, and what do you plan on doing with African markets in the future? Well, that's a that's a great question. I honestly don't know enough. I used to work with someone from Nigeria before. I've heard great things about the crypto adoption. I think it's just with the time being, we're still a little bit focused on the, the countries that we are rooted in, which are the U.S. to Europe and some of the Asian countries that our communities are based in. We'd love to tap into、uh, more African markets or more developing countries. As we like get to know great people that can support us, great contributors that can support us over there. Yeah, we'd love to connect.、Uh, if you have some companies or projects or communities that are into Web three social over there, and we'd love to talk to them and see if we can work out something. Sounds good. Thank you very much for joining me on this episode. Thank you. Thank you, Lasha. All good things must come to an end, and so does our show. You've been listening to Hashing It Out by Coin Telegraph. Where we talk about crypto and everything Web three. I'm your host Elisha at GH Crypto Guy on Twitter. And if you liked this episode, please make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Please do this; it will really help us out. I need to get out of my mom's basement. Don't get me fired. Subscribe wherever you're listening to us. Leave a review and have a great day. Thank you.